0: welcome to the show guys this is the john papaloni show today i am interviewing amanda schultz
1: hi guys it's amanda
0: so amanda why don't we start off the podcast by having you tell everyone what you do
1: absolutely thank you so much for having me today um so again my name is amanda um i've gotten into the real estate space uh just newly january one i would say of 2021 um, prior to that though, I would say I was stuck in a typical nine to five job, really thinking about my next move. I had a boss uh that was really difficult to work with. Uh, and I never felt like this was something that I wanted to stay in and really think about what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So as I got curious and got into a room uh with like-minded people that were doing things within real estate, I actually entered that space in a mindset feeling like I would never have enough money to be able to own more than one property. Um And obviously, standing back, paying attention to what other people are doing, what people are saying, Uh, again, paid to play, so got mentorship and learned um, some unique strategies and really opened things up in terms of opportunities. Um, Got into a space and started connecting, and then from there, really starting to watch myself grow and learn. Um, So that was the best thing that ever happened to me, uh, again, starting off a January 1 of 2021. There's been some good and bad decisions along the way, but I've learned so much from both of them. And I'm thankful, actually, for the good and the bad. And so here we are in the real estate space. um, And as I got creative, I I bought and sold a few off-market properties. And from there, really wanted something more. I enjoyed talking to people, finding out problems, uh, and possibly obtaining their property to help them sell in a fast manner. However, I felt like there was something more as I started to dig deeper and actually was a little bit uncomfortable with the space of what I call other people's money. Um, And so as I learned more and more about that and I learned uh, what other people were doing and started uh, to learn and grow, I then was like, okay, if this is something I was uncomfortable with, I needed to actually become comfortable in that space. So I, I used other people's resources um, and gravitated to kind of that space. And from there, then I wanted something more, even more. And I, I went into the mortgage space. Um, I had a mortgage that was with a bank that had a collateral charge that was registered far too high for the property. And I needed things to change. And when I learned all about uh, the collateral mortgages and things that the banks were doing to tie you down, I no longer wanted to be trapped in the space of the bank. I wanted to help others have win-win situations. I learned about RSP investing, uh, arm's length lending, things like that. Does that help a little bit, John? Absolutely. Perfect. I appreciate uh, you having this conversation with me. How else can I help you to learn more about me?
0: So, okay, you said you got into the mortgage space Yes Uh, what are you doing in the mortgage space? Obviously a broker, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. So I'm a mortgage agent. Uh, I'm with the Finley Mortgage Team. Um, And from there, I also uh, continue to grow my connections to help people to learn about opportunities to invest their RSPs or other different investment funds that people think, oh, they're just stuck there and I have to sit and wait until I'm ready to retire to use those funds. That's actually incorrect. Um, So I love booking one-on-one calls to talk with people about kind of things that they're doing and their goals and how to make money off their money and then from there i'm also uh growing myself and that another uh interesting aspect in the financial world of money is that insurance lots of people come to me often and say how are my kids ever going to be able to obtain a property the prices of a home these days are ridiculous there's great investment products within a life insurance policy that you actually can uh, have your money go in, make money, and then be able in 15, 20 years, if your children are young enough to be able to have a large asset to go to the bank and lend off those uh, products. Now, I am not uh, a legal life insurance um, to give proper advice just yet, but I look forward to growing that database and that network and to help others follow along within my journey.
0: Right. So, I'm assuming, obviously, you have a a life insurance investment of that sort yourself.
1: I do. Absolutely.
0: So why don't you dig in and tell us how exactly it works? Like, what's the starting point?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, there's lots of different uh, insurance agents out there. But I want to uh, grow and educate people to really help them not just better a product. Um, A lot of agents out there are, are taught how to sell products that are unique um, to make them money. I want to actually be able to educate, to open up doors, to help people to understand there's multiple ways of getting that right product to work for your family. No one ever sat down with me when I was 20, 25, really thinking about my family's financial um, benefits and kind of the direction we wanted to go and say, how is Amanda and her family ever going to make it? And so I want to be that individual who says, okay, I have a mortgage license. And then from there, I can offer, offer uh, other expertise in terms of the insurance world. Um, Does that help a little bit?
0: A little bit, a little bit. I kind of get it. But how do you cash out? And what age would you recommend?
1: Yeah. So obviously the younger, so time is, is kind of growth. And so as everyone knows, money kind of turns over every six to seven years. Um, So if you have young children out there, I highly recommend that you get in contact with that right life insurance uh, people. I also have networks of people that I would love to get others connected to up until the point in which I'm able to be fully licensed um, to make sure that you get that product. That's going to work no matter how the age, of your children are, and to make sure that your goals are going to be met in the next 7 to 14 to 21 years uh, to help a family member have that growing asset for them, as well as to be protected. Um, There's lots of real estate investors that I also have conversations with, and no one's ever thinking about what's going to happen if I no longer can work, let alone not be around uh, here on this planet. Um, So life insurance is important, but it's also important from an aspect of something could happen to you. You could be become terminally ill. And we need to make sure that your family's protected.
0: For sure. Now, in terms of mortgage, like, look, what did you, what exactly did you do before you got into uh, mortgages? Like what was the job? in detail. Um,
1: Yeah. So my nine to five job, uh, I I was a disability case manager. So I would have to have conversations with people who are saying I'm not able to work. And so I would have to look at their medical information, help to understand where they're at, and, and then looking at their policy and kind of analyzing details to be able to create a roadmap to help them on this one step, two step, three step journey, to be able to help them to eventually know that our end goal is realistically to get you back to work and understanding that today is not the day, but our goal down the line is to really help you to be healthy and healthy and to return back to work.
0: Right. So my point where I was going with this is what was the triggering moment where you said enough is enough?
1: Yeah. So I think there was a whole lot of different triggering moments. The pandemic hit as well. So we were sent home. So now I'm working in a space, living in a space, raising children in the same space. Things got boring. Um, Demands got more demanding. Uh, Obviously, within the world of disability, lots of interesting things were happening to people within the world of COVID. Um, And as things kind of grew, expectations got bigger. I just felt like there's this big assembly line of more work and you had to, you know, put that stamp on it sign off on that document to be able to say you had a plan in place. And I no longer wanted to be stuck behind that desk. Um, and from there I really had to get creative and get into a space of uncomfortable, um, thoughts and feelings and feeling like I was this little and the world is actually really big. Um, and to really start to help people to guide me along a new journey.
0: Right. So at that point in time, when you've had that enough and you went into mortgages, yeah. Um, you said, okay, hold on. Let me backtrack a couple of steps here. Sure. You said you had f- bought and flipped a few homes.
1: No, I didn't flip. So I bought and sold off-market properties for a little while. I had conversations with people that needed to sell fast, um, maybe didn't have time to work with a realtor to wait for that three months of that closing date. Um, so it was a space uh, within mentorship that I learned about um, and kind of got creative and had conversations where the need was, was required.
0: Right. So you bought them, but then then you sold it, right?
1: Potentially, yes. Absolutely. I found other investors that were looking for properties to make one-win situations.
0: Oh, okay. So you got the investors to buy? Yes. Okay. I thought you personally bought them. No. Okay. Then that that changes my question. Okay. (laughs) Because originally I was going to say, like, um, why like I like I wanted to try to figure out are you a buy and hold?
1: Well, now that you're having that conversation, I actually had a great deal uh, to help out somebody who, you know, needed to get rid of a property. And so I'm getting ready to close um, on a property here in Ontario um, in the next few weeks. So I look forward to sharing those details as as things evolve, but I, I'm not, uh, don't have the full picture to share with you today.
0: Right, right. Okay. So is this property two or three? Property two. Okay. So that's good. That's good. That, so obviously you believe in investing in real estate and holding I on
1: absolutely to Absolutely do. Absolutely. I, I love the secureness of the asset and yes, nobody has the crystal ball to predict what the real estate market's going to do tomorrow. Um, but I still feel like as long as you're ready and prepared to ride the rails, um, the win-wins are at the other side.
0: Right. Now, why mortgages? I mean, because obviously yeah. you like buying and, and holding and stuff like that. Why not continue making income through those means? Versus um, just getting in the mortgages. like I
1: want to be that money expert. So I want to be able to have that expertise within that life insurance. I want to be able to make sure that people are getting the right products and services to make that educated and informed decision for themselves to be in control and to be able to have the education to pick what's best for them.
0: Right. That makes sense. So, okay. Yeah. So in a way you almost want to be a money manager, but still right. tied into real estate.
1: Yes. I would agree with that. Absolutely.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So, in terms of mortgages and stuff, like, obviously, you said you started in uh, January, right? Was that?
1: Yes. January within the whole real estate journey kind of began there. That's when I really got to dig deep and was like, okay, so let's get a mentor and really let's think about an exit strategy from leaving this job that I'm I'm no longer content with.
0: Right. Okay. I'm going to jump into this even though I was going somewhere else. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, You said you had a mentor, right? Yes. How did you find the mentor? How did that work? work out?
1: Yeah. So again, just having conversations, learning what others are doing, watching social media, who's doing what, paying attention to things that are um, people are talking about and then starting to have those questions, booking those coffee chats, uh, having those, those lunch dates and really learning about other people in their journey and which part of it connected the most with me. And so it took some learning time. I wouldn't say um, people who I talked to right off the hop did exactly what they learned the very first time it kind of took some rumbling around within your mindset and and kind of feeling what gravitates to you the best
0: right so do you still have that mentor
1: um I, i work with different mentors so i definitely have a pool of people that i love to use for different situations as everyone brings their own expertise
0: right so where i was going there's obviously mentorship is very important to you
1: it is absolutely
0: that's great now what would you say was your biggest struggle
1: struggle to get into the mentorship
0: well once you know once you got into the business Mm -hmm. the mentor helped you and now you're in and it's uh go time okay so from then when you started till now what have you struggled with the most
1: um, what have I struggled the most? I think different times, different aspects would pop up. So like I indicated a little bit earlier on that other people's money space that felt really uncomfortable to go and ask people about their money. Uh, money was a very private conversation, um, was definitely something that didn't always flow easily to me. Uh, being a mom with uh, two daughters, I really had to get creative, um, within my own money, uh, aspect through different parts of my life. Um, so really learning about how to have those conversations, learning about what others have already done to have those conversations and really getting to know so to trust somebody and and to trust that they're going to carry you uh, throughout your journey and that you can circle back to them and use them um, as things that they've done within their life.
0: Right, okay. What would you say was your what was never mind your biggest one. What was your first win?
1: My first win
0: yes like where you're doing everything you're trying to uh you know set yourself up yeah i
1: i remember this one time uh it was probably towards the end of february you know you're out there having conversations you're learning about sellers and things like that and you're meeting with investors to kind of understand what, what are they looking to invest in? How can you help them? And then I came across this lady, this lady who had a home, she'd been in her home for 30 plus years. She had many cats running around. Um, and to learn that I was able to help her, um, figure out how she was going to move on with her life. So she needed to remove herself from the home. Um, It was a two-story home. She no longer could do steps very well and needed to locate in a much smaller um, square footage for her to reside the rest of her life to do what she wanted to do comfortably and safely. And so I actually helped to rehome cats um, because that was one of her struggles is how was she going to leave this home? Um, She couldn't take all these cats with her to uh, a smaller type uh, environment and so I helped uh, her make sure the hat, the cats had good homes.
0: Makes sense. So now with that being said with throughout the, your journey with all these deals have you ever had a deal go bad and, yeah. what, I, and what I mean <laughs> is not just the deal go bad but it goes bad when you expect it to go good like everything seemed all right then out of nowhere last minute something went wrong.
1: Yeah absolutely John so I um, had an investment property, which I was able to have an investor purchase, um, multiple things along the line at closing, didn't close well. Um, and the deal ended up falling through, uh, 24 hours, uh, shortly after closing. So, Again, things do happen and that's why it's so important to have your mindset in a space and to know that's only one deal. There is 500 more and to not let one or two or three bad events really sour your taste and to continue to push yourself forward, to use your mentor, to keep you in that good headspace and to go find another one.
0: Right. That makes sense. Now, obviously when it happened, I mean, I would imagine that, um, your um, my, what was what was I going to say? Your mindset mm-hmm. wasn't exactly intact. I mean, it's easy to say it now, you mm-hmm. know, after the fact and you saw how, how things worked out. Right. But when it happened, what was the emotion you felt at that moment?
1: Yeah, so I was really doing a lot of journaling that time, John. So I think what really helped me was to continue to journal through my thoughts, uh, to remind myself who I was that didn't interfere with my mission and to really understand and even look outside, I think that day. And I looked at how many properties I could see and go, that was one of the many that are out there. Go find another one. If anything else, it lit my fire and I was able to uh, then go connect with more sellers um, because it was kind of like you fell down, you, you kind of got that scratch knee and then you got back up again and you were able to push forward.
0: Right. So, and that, and that's the thing, right? So you, you were able to see past the one journey, which is great. Mm-hmm. And now where I was going somewhere, this, I had it all lined up. That's um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So mindset obviously is important and, um, and obviously you work with many people, you know, you're not just by yourself.
1: Absolutely. I believe that you need a power team. You need a team of people that are pushing behind you to motivate you to move you along. You're gonna get days that it's rainy outside or it's been raining for day after day. The sun's not out. I very much thrive off the sunshine. Um, And so it's also why it's important for me to have a strong connection of different individuals that I can connect with, have conversations, just go out and, and have a lunch date and talk about my goals for the next three days to continue to push myself. And every Friday I do a reflection journaling day to understand all the different steps I've taken. And if something isn't working for me, Go find somebody who it is working for, who is in that space and go ask questions and push yourself to move forward and never stop learning and growing.
0: Right. So that's key, right? Every day is growth Mm -hmm. day and the days you're not growing, you're dying.
1: Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that concept.
0: So not even going into working with others, I'm obviously in as well as investments going to be working with others as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, like for what you want to do, Mm-hmm. You're not going to purchase, you know, all the homes by yourself. You're finding investors. Right. How do you know who, where to find them, where to look? And when you find an investor, because well, let's be honest, there's a lot of people who do a lot of talking. Okay. Right. And then when it comes down to putting it down, they qu- don't quite have what they expected to have. Okay. Right. And like, so how do you basically filter out the ones that are serious today? Mm-hmm. And the ones that are not quite ready.
1: Yeah. And so... I can appreciate that uh, concept and that there is lots of different individuals out there. So I always feel like building rapport and relationships is so important. So go having lunch dates with people, going to see what they're up to learning about them, who they are, where did they come from um, and really making sure they have that motivation and that aspiration to move forward. And then understanding if they're not moving forward, how can you help maybe, maybe you can create a win-win situation because something is holding them back. Um, and if you can figure that out together, then you can push together uh, to move forward to create that that goal.
0: Makes sense. Now, obviously, not everything is going to work. Um, now, like where I'm going with this is that, and I believe you actually told me a story about this, but I could be wrong. I mean, not, you're not meant to work with everyone. Right. Right? And has there been a time that somebody may have been qualified, may have been able to, but there's something else off, like maybe verbal abuse or of some form, or you guys can't see eye to eye, or you just back out of the deal and just say, forget it, even though it is a possible viable deal?
1: Yeah, Um. so definitely there there's everyone mixes differently. And so, again, I think I just encourage everyone to really get to know people, get into the space and feel the vibe out, really understanding if that's someone who you want to do business with, which is why I feel like that like, know, and trust factor is so important. Um, And maybe start small before you jump into that 14 unit apartment building, something like that.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Going into the 14 unit, what type of investments do you like? I, I should have asked you that before
1: do I like? Um, So I wouldn't say I'm in the multi-unit space. I enjoy uh, single family homes, um, getting to meet one-on-one individually with with people and connecting that way. Um, I'm not at all in the multi-unit space at this time. Uh, However, if I knew a connection, you know what, then I would go and find the right people. Obviously um, everyone is doing something at their own growth and speed and there's always people out there that if the deal isn't for you or something isn't something that satisfies your need today, then go find those people that you can make those connections. And so then you can carry them through to make that win-win situation for them.
0: Makes sense. Now. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, like myself, I, I have all, let's be honest. I've only invested in uh you know, single family residence myself. Okay. But um, I tend to like bungalows. Okay. Uh, my reasoning is two doors, two rents. Okay, right. So yes. it's I'm almost uh I'm like my theory and my 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 view in terms of real estate is that you don't really want to have one door. Right. Because if someone stops paying for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and it Things could happen, happen, then you're on the hook for your mortgage and theirs too. Right. Well, what I mean by theirs is you're not collecting the rent. So now you're paying double mortgages. Right. Now, that may be difficult. People can often get away with doing it for a month or two, but imagine going a year or two.
1: Yes, definitely. I can only imagine what it could feel like to have that really bad tenant. And obviously there's a process to be able to move through um, the right things at the right time to eventually dissolve that relationship, but it does take time and money. Um, And again, so being sure that you're vetting your people and, and having those right connections are an important step to any kind of investment no different than crypto no different than anything else that you need to make sure that you know what you're doing
0: right but this is where i'm going though like you said things happen Mm -hmm. so i figure with a bungalow you have double rent Mm -hmm. right and we're like for example pretend your mortgage is two thousand bucks a month i think i used this example on you before um it's two thousand bucks a month and pretend you're collecting 1500 a month on the upstairs and you're collecting a thousand on the downstairs you're collecting 2500 which means you're probably breaking even when you include uh, the mortgage and property taxes, but right. that's not my point. Um, but pretend, all, you know, break even was you pretend you had $500 cash flow, like pretend the more the, there's no property tax. So okay. my point is, you start off with $500 a month cash flow. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on whether it's upstairs or downstairs that uh, stops paying. Mm-hmm. When you have two rents, you're only down half the rent if one stops paying, right? Where if you have just the one door, You're pretty much cooked. You're on the hook for all of it. Right. So that's why I kind of like, if I'm doing a single family home, Mm -hmm. I'd rather have a bungalow. We have up and downstairs Okay. or even a two story where the downstairs is separate Mm -hmm. versus for example, like a condo where you have one unit. Right. As an example. Yep. So totally
1: understand that.
0: That's why I'm a fan of multiplexes. Again, I'm a fan of the concept and theory. I don't have any multi complexes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. So, but reality is, I think it's more of a secure investment.
1: Right, absolutely. Or someone who, who wanted to house hack, right? So a single family home, if you knew that you had the money to make this mortgage payment and how you're going to put extra money in your pocket is that you're going to now rent out one or two bedrooms because you're not utilizing them. Um, that's another great theory for someone who's newer um, and looking to get some extra cash flow.
0: Absolutely. And I hear what brings up my point, right? Like, I mean, to clarify, when, when I say that uh, I don't like the single family home, I know I realize people have to live somewhere, but I don't consider right. that investment. Okay. Right? Because yep. that's someplace you live. You're not making money that's costing you money.
1: Right. That's true.
0: But the thing is that if, my, what I, if your option is to continue renting or buying a home and renting out your basement or you living mm-hmm. in the basement and renting upstairs, that's still a viable option.
1: Yes. I absolutely agree with that. That if you're on the market and you're absolutely looking, that totally needs to... Look at all your options and what makes the most sense, given what's available out there in this market. Um, John, can you talk to us a little bit about the market and what things are doing?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, we had a bit of a pause during the summer. Okay. Um, and when I say a pause, it sounds like a, like what the media is saying is that we slowed down. We didn't slow down. We had a normal summer. Like, when you compare what happened, compare it would compare to July of 2019. Okay. Right, Where obviously we know from uh, when the pandemic started till now, it was madness. Mm-hmm. And so we had a regular summer. We had regular transaction, which was unexpected because we were going nuts, but expected for a normal real estate market. Okay. So what ends up happening is it felt slower because we got used to the madness, but we had normal times. And I kind of wish it stayed at the normal times because that's the way it should be. The massive bidding wars. um, low inventory, uh, mortgages that are expected to, uh, have higher interest rates over time. Mm -hmm. These are not recipes for success. It's not normal for a housing market, for the housing market to do 26% in one year and 16% in the the next year. Mm -hmm. That's just not normal. That's Mm -hmm. kind of crazy. And it's not a real estate problem like it's not a realtor's problem you know where the we're dictating the prices because we're not it's not a um a problem where the government needs to get in and control rents and control this and it's not the bidding wars that are the problem it's an inventory problem i
1: was just gonna say the lack of inventory is is just interesting yeah. very interesting
0: we have too many people looking for the amount of homes that are available mm-hmm. um so we need to increase the, the uh, inventory and obviously what happens is they can't build fast enough. We're in need about uh, between 60 to 80,000 homes a year at least. Mm-hmm. And they can only physically build 40,000 a year, something okay. like that. I, I don't know the exact numbers. Okay. I used to, but I don't remember it now. But um, point is that it's something like that. I think that they can build 40 to 50,000 homes and we need at least 80,000 to kind of keep up. And now that's to keep up. We're already behind. Mm-hmm. So we're going to need even more to catch up. Now, one of the problems is there's a lack of land, mm-hmm. right? So the land that they have, let's face it, they're building condos. You're going straight up. Right. But is everybody going to want a condo?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I think the pandemic has really opened up that conversation about a condo, right? Um, being stuck at home, being told to stay inside and and isolate yourselves, Um I think a condo living would have been something I would have struggled with. Um, That single family home with that backyard really is is refreshing. Um, But I can also appreciate maybe some people like the simple life, don't have to worry about the yard to be cut. Um, Yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept. But I'm sure the pandemic has opened up a lot of families' um, opportunity to really think about what they want to have uh, for their family.
0: Absolutely. Now, let's also be realistic here, too. If anyone watching thinks that they're going to go to school, get their education, get their job, and within six months they're going to go to the bank, get a mortgage, and buy their single family home, detached house with a white picket fence, you're (laughs) dreaming. You're dreaming. That's just not going to happen, not in today. So I would advise people to be more open-minded and get in the market any way you can. If getting in the market means you're getting a uh, 600-square-foot condo, And just say you're not ready to move into that. You are not ready to leave, but Mm -hmm. you have the down payment, buy it, rent it Mm -hmm. within two years. You'll have enough equity that you can cash out from there and get something bigger. And then from there you can repeat it and then get maybe, maybe from the condo, you can go to a townhouse from the townhouse. You go to a semi from the semi. Then you go to your detached and it may not even be your dream detached. It may be the next level before that. Right. But The longer you wait to get into the market, condo, town, or whatever it is, the harder it is going to be, it's going to be to get in, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you get into something, it doesn't matter what.
1: I agree. Absolutely. If if you're at all sitting on the fence um, and you're in a situation where you're still renting and you're thinking, maybe I should own i encourage you to get started um get into that creative space get a mentor and really just start picking people's brains about what's the best way for you to move forward to get that asset under your belt today so you can watch the equity um again we don't have the crystal ball but it would be interesting to see anybody who's new newly buying right now what it looks like in two years
0: absolutely let's be honest even if the market were to take a dip it'll come back that the real estate market is one of the few investments that you only lose if you sell. You get into the stock market, it goes to zero. There's no coming back. It's zero. Mm-hmm. And that happens more often than you think. Now, again, you could lose uh, on, um, you're going to lose on mutual funds, which is kind of a stock market. You, can, you know what I mean? Like uh, GICs, you don't lose, but you're getting a half a percent and inflation's 3%. So you're losing just for the fact that your money isn't growing as fast as inflation. Mm-hmm. So real estate can go up and down, but it just means that if you were to buy that condo, let's say six hundred thousand, and now you hold it for the two, three years. you're hoping for seven hundred thousand. Now something happens, which is unlikely again, like we said, especially in this market, with the lack of inventory, just say it goes down to five fifty. What do you do now? You don't sell it, you hold it and keep it rented. You're still getting cash flow. Right. Give it another two years and guess what happens? It goes back up. Now you're at 700. Yeah. Right. So you got the money. It just took you a couple of years longer. What other investments can you say will pan out that way?
1: Yep. It's true. Real estate is is a very interesting asset and I encourage everyone out there who's really thinking about it or getting curious to really get more curious and start to get into a space and start asking questions.
0: 100%. But to finish even with the market, right? So I I gave you the uh, summary of what happened in the summer. Now, come September, we're starting to uh, venture back into madness. Now, it was slowly venturing back. Like, now, everyone's trying to do bidding wars again. Mm-hmm. Like, so, we're, like, During the summer, they tried to play the stupid game, the 48 hours uh, irrevocable, which basically means give me 48 hours to make up my mind, which they're really using that to uh, get other people to come in and put in their offer, and they want to hold you to it so they don't lose your offer if nobody else comes which is kind of ridiculous. To me, I think that's a little bit on the uh, sleazeball side, okay. but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we're starting to revert back with offered dates because um, yeah, they did the 48 hour thing is because uh, during the summer, there's a lot of offer dates that failed and obviously that went real bad. Not everyone, some succeeded, right? I was area dependent, but a lot of them were failing. And now in September, it's starting to turn around. Where more we're succeeding than failing. Yeah. So now come October. We're we're almost mid-October.
1: Yep.
0: Expect to pay more than what you see in the bright the house listed for now. Like we're back. I mean it's not full blown, but I'll say we're we're in the space that don't that that there's no chance of getting the price at asking price. Zero chance of that. Now we're not at the play. I don't think we're at the spot where you need to come in three hundred thousand over like we were you know we'll say nine months ago but we're still at the spot where if you see something for 600 expect to spend 660 670 at least Mm -hmm. so and i think if uh, the inventory stays this low it's just going to go back to madness
1: yeah it's definitely interesting times and it'll be curious to see where we are uh, as we run into a new year so january of 2022 um, kind of what the real estate market has to say. And I look forward to hearing from you, John, kind of on those updates.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you your opinion on this sure. because I'm a little bit opinionated myself. I'll be honest. Okay. Um, now, all the the um, opportunities I'm talking about with the biddings and the over-asking and stuff, that's obviously everything that's on the MLS. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously there could be opportunity mm-hmm. with good old-fashioned door-knocking Mm -hmm. and finding off market properties people who want to unload maybe homes that need to be renovated Mm -hmm. Um, people don't want uh, they don't really want people going in and out of their house all the time they don't really want to be on the market have to leave their home especially since we're still in the pandemic of some sort yep and they just want to get rid of it and they're willing to take cash offers
1: yep
0: right so that's an opportunity
1: it is absolutely it is an opportunity
0: I mean, I'll be honest, as a realtor, like like being straight up, I'm just going to tell it how it is. As a realtor, if you're a homeowner that just wants to dump it for cash like that, you're stupid because you're going to get less than what the market value is. But I'm talking about from a financial perspective. Again, it could be a parent's home. They're uh, walking around, barely holding themselves up. They almost need a wheelchair to walk around. Going in and out may not be worth the extra, we'll say, 50 grand. It may not be worth the trouble. It might be more headache. You know, if somebody's elderly and they can't walk up and down the stairs, you got to keep going in and out, they could fall down the stairs. And at the end of the day, your health is worth more right? So there could be different circumstances.
1: Absolutely. And I think everyone needs to look at their unique situation for the situation that they're in and to make the best decisions. Um, Obviously, there's lots of different opportunities out there um, and really get connected with people and ask questions.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. So it is circumstances. So my point is from a financial side, I think it's stupid. But if you have other reasons than financial, then you know what? It is a viable option.
1: I can totally appreciate that comment. Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. So now now you've been in the business, okay? We are in October, so it's going to be a year for you. Uh, and not quite there yet,
1: but soon. But soon. <laughs> yeah.
0: Two and a half months. Yeah. Now. Yeah. How's your like how's the uh, fourth quarter going for you? What are your projections? And I don't mean necessarily I don't necessarily mean financials. I mean, yeah. like, like, what are your plans? How do you plan to close the year? Do you plan to take a holiday?
1: Yeah, so no holiday for me. Um, I am quite content staying here in Canada. Um, I make it my goal to connect with two to three new people every week, have conversations, understand what they're doing um, and see how I can help in any way. And so I continue to grow that network, to grow those those people, to see what they're doing um, and to be able to offer resources. So if anyone has a problem they're struggling with, um, I have lots of unique individuals that I speak with and I'd love to get you connected um, to the right people. So I encourage everyone to reach out.
0: Fantastic. Now, even going into mortgages, yep. You have more you have I know you guys can do um more mortgages than just the normal traditional A lender banking. You guys have uh, private uh lenders as well, right?
1: Correct. So we have access to to private lenders as well as to the B lenders. Um so again, it's all about what is what is your problem um and then finding that creative solution and i like to provide options and that you are in uh, control of which one you're going to choose to be able to continue to drive the boat
0: right and to be clear you still have access to a lenders as well
1: that is correct I so
0: you know yes. those who are going oh my god i gotta hit the bank no 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 you never want to do that
1: <laughs> and you know what guys the bank people unfortunately I, I do need to share this point um and it's taught to me very well in my curriculum The bank teaches those mortgage people on bank products. So if you go to the bank, you're declined or the bank says, no, we don't want to deal with you, unfortunately, for whatever reason, you're now starting the application process all over again. You're having to dig out those documents. You're having to tell your story so we can understand it. Why not go to a mortgage agent, tell your story one time and let us go find those products for you maybe it's one or two options that we provide to you and that you are in control and that you can pick which one is best for you. Um, A mortgage agent is a certified, qualified uh, individual that has taken some training and is able to advise you. A bank specialist, I call them, uh, who deals with mortgages are trained on bank products. Um, So again, the banks are there, but I encourage everyone to why not have the door, many doors open instead of just one product door.
0: Absolutely. Now here's another fine point I want to put in. For those who are worried about ding in your credit, if you go to a bank and they decline you, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean your credit score does not go down. It goes down because you made the application. Now, when you go to a mortgage broker as your backup, they're going to ding you again. So your credit's going to go down again. And if you're already borderline of being approved, that's going to hurt you. Where if you go to the mortgage broker directly, that person will have one credit score zap and they will farm it out for you absolutely. if you take your print out and go to each bank that's not qualified but if they do it they'll accept it as a as a check
1: correct i appreciate that thank you so much john
0: absolute pleasure i want to say thank you for coming you know for this interview yeah you, i think
1: this is a great conversation a mortgage uh, agent and a, a realtor having the conversation about the world of real estate
0: absolutely and you came from quite a distance from uh from where we are.
1: All the way from Kitchener. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: we're in Burlington. So, you know what I mean? I I thank Um, you for the trip.
1: No problem. Anytime. I I think this is a great opportunity and I hope others reach out and continue to have the conversations about real estate.
0: For sure. Now, let me ask you something. What would you recommend Mm -hmm. for someone who's was in the same position as you were, where they're just fed up with their job. They're tired. Maybe they got laid off. Maybe they know they're getting laid off. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're unfulfilled and they just want to do something. They want to do something for themselves. Yeah. It may be a mortgage broker. It may not be a mortgage broker, but they just want to do something from themselves. What would you tell them to do? How would they begin?
1: Yeah. So really dial down and figure out your why. So there's lots of great books out there. Um, to figure out kind of where, where you're at in your headspace. What is your long-term goals? What is something that you really want to be part of and, and how are you going to get there? Maybe it's you need more money. Maybe it's you want to get into a space of people that are doing creative things and you want to be part of something. Um, so really dial down, get in conversations, figure out what your why is, What what's going to drive you to, to really, no matter what your journey is going to look like, whether it's hard or soft or rough or whatever that terrain might be to really, um, have that person push you through to get you to that, that goal. Anything is possible. This world is full of many interesting people. Um, I just encourage you all to keep pushing yourself.
0: Absolutely. Now I want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to get into a little bit of rapid fire. Okay. And then, uh, we'll, uh, end it off after that. Awesome. Okay. So first things. what's your favorite book?
1: Uh, who not how?
0: Oh, that's a first. Well, I'm almost interested in asking what that's about.
1: <laughs> I'll share it with you next time, John. <laughs>
0: <All right. laughs> favorite movie? Uh,
1: favorite movie? I don't have a favorite movie. I'm not a big TV watcher, so I can't say I have a favorite movie. I am known on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday evening when it's raining out to put on something on Netflix, but I don't have a favorite.
0: Right, right, okay. Um, favorite song?
1: I have the radio on, so I listen to lots of different songs. They don't have a a favorite song.
0: Okay. So no favorite artists or anything like that? No, That's cool. So very versatile. Do you have a favorite podcast?
1: Favorite podcast. Um, I I really enjoy your podcast, John, to be honest. I've been watching uh, lots of your conversations um, and really just getting to learn more about who's doing podcasts uh, and educating myself in that.
0: Well, thank you, actually. Uh, I feel uh, honored. And... Okay. What was it say? Favorite vacation spot.
1: I would say one of my favorite spots was the Bahamas. Ooh, how come? Um, I guess to be in the water with the dolphins is quite a unique experience. Uh, My kids loved it. I loved it. Um, Nice weather. um, uh, Great place to be.
0: Fantastic. Now for those watching or listening, and they want to find you online, where would they go?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Facebook. I'm Amanda Schultz. I'm also on Instagram, Amanda Schultz, 7385. Feel free to reach out and connect with me, guys. I'm also part of uh, the mortgage uh, team within the Finley Mortgage Team. So I'm sure there's lots of spots that we can all connect together.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to put your information at the bottom of the uh, episode so people can uh, see it or click on it. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me today. It's been fun. Thank you.